This is a CBC Podcast. A policy to make sure parents have the final say over their child's name and gender identity at school is set to become the law. The government of Saskatchewan introduced that much-discussed legislation yesterday, and the debate over the issue is not just happening inside the Assembly. Protesters greeted MLAs outside the building on Tuesday. For more on all of it, we've reached our political panel. Adam Hunter covers politics for CBC Saskatchewan. Murray Mandrick writes a political column in the Regina Leader Post. And they join us every week week at this time. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Adam, what's in the bill? The the big part of the bill that pe- people are waiting to see and w- what we've heard from the government over and over again is that if a child wants to use their, and this is the words of the in the law, gender preferred name or gender identity, if they're under 16, they have to receive parental consent. The school has to receive parental consent. Also in the law is if a child feels unsafe, physical, mental, or emotional harm will come to them if they confide in their parents if they go find consent. The school must, uh, the principal must go to uh, the student and direct them to school resources to get them to a point where they can tell their parent. Uh, That's for students under 16. Students over 16 don't have to disclose anything. Also in the law is, of course, the notwithstanding clause applying to both the Canadian Charter Rights and Freedoms and the Saskatchewan Human Rights Code, which is something we didn't know or anticipate. And also in the law is the government um, protecting itself against lawsuits by saying, you know, you're not able to sue uh, government members, the school boards, et cetera, et cetera. So there, it's it, it's a lot of changes to to the Education Act amendments. The government's calling it's Parental Bill of Rights, but it is just amendments to the Education Act. That kind of self protection language. What do you think of that? I'm 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 not sure. I understand it any more than I understand a tremendous number of elements. Well, it kind of felt like this law yep. won't cause any irreparable harm the way the judge said, but if it does, you can't sue us over it. Yeah, it's it's totally problematic and it feeds into so many problems with this bill, Stephanie, in relation to a bill that basically sits there and says we're we're overriding the Saskatchewan Human Rights Code, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and not really having a minister, a government able to explain that. The questions that we are asking as reporters in scrums are questions that are being posed by the judge in the decision. There are times in scrums of late when reporters are reading to Minister Cockrell decisions, uh, points within the 56-page ruling by Justice McGaw and, and the minister can't answer them. He goes back to his talking points over and over. It's, we it, heard a little bit of yeah. to and froing between you and the new education minister it's, this it, week. He says, "Well, you're not getting the answers uh, uh, that that I want. I'm not getting any answers, nor is anybody else. And that is is in essence your problem. Like, you, like who is this for? I yeah. heard you trying to push like which kids, which kids are you? Which what problem are you solving uh, here right now in this particular legislation? And that's the question that they can't seem uh, to answer at, at any level, Steph. They basically you ask the questions." Uh, like that in terms of what, what's the issue here? You know, where do uh, uh, children's right at what age the, the, they start now? Because it's a legitimate question. Uh, and, and you get no, 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 no answers to that. And those questions are just going to cascade because it won't be me asking them in the, in the near future. It'll be lawyers. It'll be lawyers in court asking questions like, how does this apply to the child's, uh, Child Law Act? How does it apply to family law? How does it apply when you have two parents separated 
separated and one might have a very different view of what they want in terms of their child's sexual education, in oh, terms of what their child is, is, is transitioning. What happens then? They did not at any point in, in their conversations when they decide to pull forward with this law think about any of these things. And now faced with that, they're doing the same thing someone does when they're caught in a tall tale. And that's make the story even more uh, uh, or even less plausible by going on and on with more ridiculous things. And this is the problem. You can't, by uh, restricting the debate to 40 hours, all of a sudden think that you're going to find solutions. You're going to have problems with this law. Maybe it's popular. Maybe parental rights is uh, uh, a thing that's easy to grasp. But Sooner or later, there's consequences to this. And worst of all, in my opinion, is there's 10,000 other things that we should be talking about as, as a province. And we're talking about this one particular thing, only this one particular thing that affects very few kids and is taking up all the time and resources of the Saskatchewan legislature at considerable expense, at the notion that we somehow should be sitting 14 hours a day to debate this. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's near insanity that they're just what, pursuing it. What way. is going on on that front, Adam? What happens now? Yeah, we, we're, we're becoming house business experts, Murray and I. Uh, Murray's been around for a very long time, as we know, and uh, he even didn't have the answers of what happens next. The government's changing the rules on the fly in this, and we heard from Nicole Saar yesterday, who spoke for two hours to run the clock out yesterday so that the bill couldn't you know, extend, start the debate. She was uh, debating a motion, calling it a joke and a farce that the government... Uh, is putting these 40 hours in and saying there's more scrutiny. It usually, as, ever, as you'll know, and many of our listeners will probably know, the bills get introduced in the fall and passed in the spring. They're debated over a period of weeks and months. And from the time they're introduced, there's a lot of time to get feedback, things to get experts. Things verbal up because, yes, yeah. And things you don't notice or see, right? And th- that's going to be... S- pushed into three days next week, probably, because they have also extended the hours from 9 to 11 p.m. at night, starting probably on Tuesday into Sunday. And that was a big problem that obviously the NDP has with this, the opposition has with this. And we saw a big rally outside the legislature on Tuesday where hundreds of people came forward and they're not happy with the government's policy. They're unhappy with the notwithstanding clause. And there's all these different levels to this. To Murray's point about answers we're not getting, how many kids are affected by this? The minister said, well, maybe one, maybe 10, maybe 100. In the House, he said hundreds of thousands of people have come forward. The opposition tried to fact check him on that, and you're getting 400 letters a day, 400 emails a day. The government's standing by that. You know, this is a popular, we hear that over again, this is a popular, popular uh, policy. Uh, it didn't seem popular outside the ledge with the, the protests that came forward. We also saw a pretty big police and security presence that we haven't seen before. They're fencing that went all the way around the perimeter um, and pushed people into the flower garden. It was a peaceful, for the most part, peaceful protest, few counter-protesters, I would say. But I think that's going to continue regardless of whether the government gets this bill passed probably sometime in the next couple of weeks. What stood out to you from that protest? Uh, Well, one of which is the size of the protest from interest interests that aren't necessarily related to this particular issue. If it, this was allegedly a union protest, which seems to be the criticism of online, okay, fine. What vested interest does QP or the SFL really have in this particular issue? It's not about wages. It's not about working conditions. It's about human rights. We were looking at – then two days later, we saw uh, a uh, legislation that bypasses the Human Rights Code. And I think that actually um, – 
uh, resonates with people in, in terms of this. What stood out with me in the in, in the protest was oddly enough the same thing that stood out with me yesterday, and that's the testimonials from real people. In the, in the case of the protest, a real kid from Campbell Collegiate that is transitioning, trying to tell the story about how they are going to be affected. Yesterday, we heard uh, from a mom from Regina whose whose uh, child uh, died, committed suicide while transitioning. 14 years old because of all the already existing pressures within the system that where she couldn't get help from school counselors, from others. The problem being is that she's going to get even less help right now because I think this issue will be coming more to the forefront uh, than it was before. Uh, in terms of the protests, I think what I saw was the edge of people starting to understand the unreasonableness of, of this particular legislation versus a small handful in this case. And there's way more out there that were, were homophobic, that that uh, waved those black and white uh, straight pride flags with uh, placards that were sometimes rather vile and offensive in terms of, of, of their view of teachers, of, of, of people, of trans people, of, uh, of people that are gay, uh, people that are bisexual. And this problem is a problem for the government because this is whom uh, becomes the vanguard to uh, opposing this bill. And the the government loses this argument as soon as it becomes one where it's all about denying the rights of particular individuals. People will not stand for that. I think we're going to start seeing polls and other things that's saying why on uh, God's green earth with everything else going on, are you making this priority? Well, we it's kind of are, priority. right? The latest polling. I know we've heard a lot about the Angus Reid polling that preceded the announcement of this policy. But since then, we've seen polling that shows, yeah, even if there's a bit of a divide, there are quite a few people don't support the government on this and almost all don't support the use of the notwithstanding clause to do it. And I think that's some of the blowback you're seeing now from uh, the legal community. You saw it from the federal justice minister of this calling this preemptive. Obviously, the UR Pride lawyers were against this, but you're seeing people that you know I hadn't heard from or seen come forward and say this is not necessary. It's an overreach, and the, to use the premier's own words. And we oh heard, yeah, judicial overreach didn't go over so well with lawyers, who I understand also support the SAS party sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Like I mean, uh, I can attest to that. Yeah. So, so what do you think might shake out in terms of the popularity of this? I think the the devil's in the details, and we were just we just got the bill for the first time. Obviously, we expected the notwithstanding clause. I think there was a, a big reaction to the human rights sketch and human rights code also being uh, notwithstood. I guess if that's the language in this case, um, and also the government having to they're going to have to keep answering questions about this policy and how it's going to be rolled out. We keep hearing wraparound supports in schools, but what we've heard time and again from the STF and others is those don't exist in schools to the level the government thinks they do or is claiming they do. And if this does affect one more kid, 10 more kids, 100 more kids, the, the schools are ill-prepared to deal with that and have the resources that the student can go to, to to deal with it. And I think that's going to be the major pushback. Obviously, there's an issue with teachers and the government bargaining right now. That's in the background of this. But to Murray's point, and what we're hearing from people is, and the, the criticism from the opposition is, is this the number one priority of the government? Is it not cost of living? Is it not homelessness? Is it not mental health and addictions? We asked that to the premier, said, oh, those are all priorities. And he listed the things they're doing for those things. But you're not in an emergency session of the legislature for that. You are for this. Thanks, you guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.